top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already know. I think that's how it always goes. Like 45 minutes, and we were at like Chelsea. What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Welcome back to Top Bins, the show, bringing you all the action from the Premier League in Syria, England, and Italy. I am your host, Matt, joined by my freshly shaven, no more stubble. So the groundhog has seen his shadow. <laughs> the six weeks have passed. So Dom is no longer in the darkness of winter. Letting those, those cheeks feel the sunshine, and he's drinking a massive amount of beer. <laughs> How are you, Tom? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. As you can see by, I think I'm good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm ready to talk a little bit of Syria. And you don't have it in the show notes, but I am going to rub a little something in your face today. Okay. Well, yeah, I, don't, I, a little I, don't something hearing, face. I don't love hearing that uh, right off the bat. Um, so let's let's just get right into it, shall we? Because it was a wild weekend in uh, both Premier League and Serie A on opposite ends of the table. You know, we, we've talked so much about the relegation battle in England and how intense that's going to be. And it feels like every week we have a, a shift and a change. We talked very much the same in Italy. We're outside of Napoli, you know, the, the top teams, everyone in for, for European places. feels like every week we're getting some new action or a team sort of drops a spot or two just because of how tight it is there. So... A uh, very similar trend this past weekend. We started in England with just a, a general overview. Uh, Bournemouth beat Liverpool one nil um, in uh, just a, a bizarre performance. Uh, pretty pretty much sums up Liverpool's season so far in terms of consistency. I thought the first fifteen twenty minutes it looked very good, and then Bournemouth just gradually gained a little foothold in the game. And they're a very direct team. You know, this is this is a way that they've you know when they've enjoyed some success this season, it has been off the back of. Uh, hitting it long and, and using guys out wide to to find pathways, and that's how they won this game. You also had Everton winning 1-0 over Brentford. Uh, really, really crucial win for Everton. Uh, it's their third 1-0 win since Sean Dyche has taken over, so you can definitely say he's had a really positive impact on Everton so far. Moves them out of the relegation zone, crucially. Leeds got a draw against Brighton. West Ham got a draw against Villa, You know, which were decent results uh, You know, in a vacuum, but when you look at just the, the, the scope of the weekend, um, you know, it, it did mean that, uh, you know, we had uh, some, some teams like West Ham, you know, level on points now with Bournemouth uh, at the bottom there uh, into the relegation zone and Leeds uh, are firmly in the relegation zone. But again, you know, just <laughs> the margins are very thin, um, you know, 12th to 20th in the Premier League is separated by only five points. Uh, so each week it feels like you can you can come away from a weekend with a team, you know, drastically altering its chances at staying or, or getting relegated for the Premier League. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. You got three teams tied on 24 points. Any team can drop down there, you know, so it's, it's going to get real interesting come the end of the season. Real interesting. Yeah. I, I think for me too, you know, it's, it's very hard to say which of these is, is going to go down. You know, in Italy, I feel strongly about, you know, maybe some of these teams that are going to go into Europe. Um, it, it's maybe harder to predict the two teams that might drop out of that position. Um, here, I let's just go through it because Crystal Palace is in 12. Mm -hmm. I feel generally good about them, but they're they're not getting great results um, and they're not scoring a bunch. And I, I think you could say they're maybe underperforming the attacking talent they have there, uh, generally speaking. But they're pretty stable. You know, like they don't feel like they're in any sort of crisis or free fall, but they are close to the zone. Right, they're only three points out from the relegation zone. Wolves, again, very similar problem um, that is that has gone on now for the last two seasons, really, in an inability to create and score goals. 
Um, but again, a little bit more stability. You know, they, they have a good manager now, too, in, in Lopetegui, who you, you trust would probably navigate them out of this situation. Those two feel on the safer side. Anyone from this point down, I really could 100% see go down. Mm-hmm. Nottingham Forest, um, inconsistency all year. You know, they've, they've had these certainly these good results, but, but largely speaking, have, I, I think, flattered to deceive at times and just have not been uh, nearly consistent and, and nearly good enough. Um, and, you know, you do have, I think, a little bit of a, a bloated squad issue, you know, when you sign like 400 new players in, in a, a summer. Maybe that's a challenge. Everton, you know, pre-Sean Dyche really looked awful. We're really lacking. Um, they have not looked amazing under Sean Dyche, but they're at least getting some decent results. Uh, I do worry, though, that a lot of these goals that they're scoring are coming. You know, Dwight McNeil's goal over the weekend is just like a wonder goal. You know, that, that's not necessarily replicable. You know, I don't know that they're really still creating enough chances. This is a, a theme with pretty much all of these teams. Um, you know, is, is an inability to create chances or, or at least take them. You know, they don't really have a reliable goal scorer. But, you know, like with Sean Dyche, like experience manager, you, you feel a little comfortable at least. Leicester have been in total free fall. They've been one of the worst teams in the Premier League. Uh, since coming back from the World Cup break, uh, you just look lifeless. And they can score goals, sure, but defensively, they, they again, this season, not good at all and uh, are, are just constantly constantly shipping goals to their opponents. Uh, West Ham, I have no clue what's going on with them. I, <laughs> they, have, they have great talent. You know, this is a team that, again, we've talked about last year, were in, in good form, you know, could have gone to the Europa League final. And I have enjoyed a, a few good seasons under, under David Moyes. Does not feel that way this year. Uh, they have just completely fe- like lost the ability, I think, to to have some of that attacking talent. And I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know where they've gone wrong. Bournemouth, I had concerns about coming into the season with, with their talent and their squad makeup. Those things still exist. They still have a, a, a very large hill to climb to get out of this. Leeds, talking about inconsistency, you know, this is a team that – just even down to the players, it feels like every week you're getting just a different type of performance. You know, they, I don't think they've benefited a lot from some of the managerial changes here. Then Southampton have looked like the worst team in the league uh, for, for most of the season. Um, if you're talking again about talent and, and depth, uh, they, they're really lacking in that department in just about every shape. You know, it felt like they were gearing up for maybe a little bit of a rebuild with the summer. A lot of youth signings. Uh, same with the, the winter window as well. But that's that's your relegation picture. Um, it is very hard to pick definitively three teams out there. I think the only one I feel comfortable that is going down is Southampton. Yeah, Anyone I mean, else is still is still up for survival. Uh, Crystal Palace plays Brighton next. Last time they played uh, early in February, uh, they got a draw. So, you know, maybe Crystal Palace can squeak out a point at least in that matchup. Um, so maybe I feel confident saying like them and maybe Wolves are safe. I don't wolves. I'm. I have a bigger question mark about. Uh, do you have any teams that you don't want to see in that group relegated? Anyone? I, I. You know, I would. I would feel bad for Crystal Palace if they went down. You know, like I would. You know, I. I feel like I, that's kind of a tough break. You know, I. Yeah. Personally, I, I don't really want to see. Not sure I want to see West Ham go down. You know, I just, uh, but the selfish part of me is like, well, you know, like, yeah, a lot of nice players. I'm sure <laughs> some relegation clauses sign me up for one Jared Bowen, please, you know, type of uh, type of thing. But, you know, there's there's no teams that I like, there's not many teams that I, I actively like care about outside of, you know, Liverpool and England, right? Like, oh, you know, like I really, but in general, you know, I, I think, I think Crystal Palace, I, I would feel genuinely kind of tough for if they went down this uh-huh. season. I want Leeds to to stay up, you know, for multiple reasons. I mean, they did get rid of Jesse Marsh. However, you know, they have three Americans on the team now. Uh, I'm a big fan of Brendan Aronson, uh, Weston McKinney, Serie A product. You know, I want to keep that uh, that agenda of, you know, they leave Serie A and they start, like, killing it in the Prem. But this is the one exception it looks like. But, um, I mean, they've also been unlucky a lot during the season. So, you know, it, it would be nice to see them stay up of the other teams. I could care less. I could care less. I would like I, yeah, West Ham. Milan's looking like this, like the, uh, what is it, the the Dave Chappelle meme? The Rick James meme? They're going like, uh, back. Yeah, come back. Uh, come back. We need. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he needs is a, another place where he can dramatically underperform. He just needs to go back to France. Like, he's clearly <laughs> not meant. He's clearly not meant for the top level. Sorry. It's just not good enough. Um, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see how the, the relegation battle shakes up uh, over the next few weeks. And, you know, uh, 
yeah, I, I think that's that's the storyline for me in England. Besides the title race, the title race was a little boring this weekend, generally speaking. You know, City and Arsenal both won. Arsenal cruised to a victory. City took them, you know, to the, the 77th minute to get a goal against Crystal Palace, um, who, like you mentioned, have been drawing a lot. Crystal Palace, was, mm-hmm. their games have just been very boring at times. You know, like they, they've, they're good at limiting opponents' uh, chances. Um, they, very good at limiting their own chances as well. So uh, it has not been, you know, a, a firecracker to watch Crystal Palace all that much this mm-hmm. year. We're going to kick over to Italy um, with the top four is Lava game because everyone, everyone, two through six this weekend uh, decided they were they were not going to uh, to pick up the full a lot of points. Um, you had <laughs> Inter, Roma, Atalanta all lose. Inter, by the way. You know who scored against Inter to to sink them, Dom? I'm sure you do. No, I actually didn't know that they lost to Spezia. Oh, oh no, I do know who did. It was Daniel Maldini. The man who just, for whatever reason, can only score against Milan and Milanese-based clubs. I, I don't know what it is. Milan and Inter are the only two teams he seems capable of scoring against. Um, at least he's he's got a flair for the dramatic. I respect that. Very Italian of him, you know, to, to have the, the, the drama behind the scenes, a uh, very well-written character there. Um, Roma, you know, a, a disappointing loss against Sassuolo, frustrating in a lot of ways too, because I think that game was, despite the fact that they were down, they found a way to, you know, claw back into it. And then again, just sort of mental errors and mistakes, you got a, a pretty stupid red card in there as well. They, that game was salvageable against Sassuolo and they, they sort of self-sabotaged. Again, Atalanta, they ran into the meat grinder against Napoli. There's not a whole lot of shame in losing to Napoli this season. You know, I, most teams will at some point lose to Napoli. Uh, this is sort of the, the way uh, Italian football has gone this season. Lazio and Milan uh, both drawing. I think frustrating results for both of them because of the fact you could have made up some ground or put some distance uh, between you. It was, a, it was an opportune weekend for both these clubs to maybe take advantage of that, and they were unable to do so. So there you go. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's everyone just kind of uh, – not doing that. And then, you know, of course, Juventus uh, found a way to win uh, and just are, are slowly the skeleton kind of coming out of the out of the ground. <laughs> They're like, yeah, <laughs> they hey, are listen, their hands. nine points still separates them from fifth. So, look, it, it, they still got a ways to climb, but it, I don't like seeing this. Like when, when you have a week like this where where every team except Napoli just drops points and Juventus wins. And and they win in pretty convincing fashion, right? They win four uh, two. It's like who who knows what's going to happen for the rest of the. I season. mean, they're only four points out out of Atalanta's uh, yeah. European spots, and I think any European placement would probably be good enough for Juventus this season. They're still in the Europa League, and I think that is still very clearly that's where the priority should be. If I you know if, if I'm Juventus, yeah, if they if they bow out of the. Europa League, like the European bottlers they are, and then downgrade to the Conference well, League, I will truly, not let them live it down. The truly hilarious thing for them to, to happen is for them to make Europa Europa League final and lose that, you know, like to add on to the Champions yeah. League final losses, <laughs> to add on like a, a Europa League final loss. I think that would actually maybe be the funniest result yeah. out of all of this. It, um, it's just really weird because like now – the way that Napoli's season has been going, like, you know, they're going to win this. Like there, there, there is without a doubt, Napoli is going to win this when they have a six game lead in, in wins. Like it's, it's, or not. Yeah. Six, right. I'm doing the math. Correct. They have 18 point advantage. That's just six. It's it's, it's honestly baffling though. Like that's the thing, like that many games, but it, it, it's really a battle for who can get second through fourth, who can get into that Champions League spot. That that will constitute a successful season. You have like the Scudetto Junior, basically, who can finish second in in, in the league right now, and and it, that's all it is. We've talked about. It. I mean, it's very crucial in Italy for these teams to get that Champions League revenue. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about it a lot. We you know this in the the scope of Milan because obviously that's you you support, but also you know like their team that is strapped for cash you know like they they are very self-reliant and so making it to the latter stages of the champions league just making the group stages is important but even then progressing into the the deeper stage of the tournament is a huge boost for for clubs not even just in italy but you know it, it's a it's a massive advantage to get and and that's why it's so crucial i think that's why we we like to to focus on it so much um and yeah i, I think in, in that sense it gets frustrating when you see these teams lose napoli won again on the weekend I don't know if you saw Cavardo Scalia's goal 
stupid. Uh, he is just an absolutely bad, bad man. He's just a, he's stupid. I, I really wonder what's going to happen with them this offseason. I don't want to you know, spoil the party for them or anything, right? But, like, Osimhen is very close to leaving this past summer. I do wonder. You know, he's, he's made a few comments over the past few weeks, too, that make me think he's he's got his eyes, you know, on the, on the Premier League or or maybe La Liga, one of the, the, the two big clubs there, uh, because there is, of course, you know, the, the potential for a Benzema replacement. That that might be kind of the talk of the summer, right? Um, you know, hide, hide your top tier strikers, hide your, <laughs> hide your killing the Papas, your Mohamed Salahs, your Victor Osimans, because uh, you're, you're not going to hear the end of that one. Um, but, you know, even someone like Cavardo Scali has, has got a lot of, a lot, a lot of attention. Um, and I just, I think the, the focus is now on how, how much can they keep this group together in the offseason. Um, it seemed, but hey, they lost a lot of big pieces this past summer. It felt like, for me, that was a, a reason that maybe they wouldn't have as strong of a year, and I was very wrong about that, and so many other people were. So maybe it's 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 foolish of me to even doubt that they could uh, retool yet again. I think that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Kwarashkelia's uh, agent came out and said, like, yeah, you know, he's a Real Madrid, like, fan and stuff like this, but – his whole his whole like thing is on Napoli. Like he, he's focused with them, and you know he doesn't want to leave. He's happy in Naples right now, type deal. But it, but talk to us in June. It's yeah, it feels saying. like a PR stunt, basically. <laughs> like because like it, it that that news came so soon after the comments made by Osimhen, and like uh, it was a weird week, wasn't it? When that when all that news came out, because it was like Osimhen's comments came out. Then the Weghorst drama that we talked about uh, where uh, he taps the this is Anfield sign and then his comments come out. <clears throat> Just the parallels of how the fan base is reacted to was kind of crazy. It was funny. But granted, <clears throat> Osiman wasn't talking about like one of their bitter rivals. So I think it I think I understand the outrage for Weghorst's actions. Uh, and then Kovarskelly is comments come out and it's just like uh, this is people trying to force moves it's kind of it's kind of weird i i do but i don't want this to be like a one-time thing for napoli though i mean that's the course of how syria goes like you win unless you're juventus and kind of enter but like you you win you win a scudetto and then you kind of fall off for a few years and then it takes a while to get back to it Obviously, winning titles back to back is is no easy task. But like, even like struggling to keep top four, like that, you win the Scudetto and then you struggle to get a Champions League spot. Yeah, I think I think too. You know, this is these last few years are the first that have been outside of the influence of Juventus kind of stru- like strangle hold on Serie A, right? So you know, we're not used to seeing teams necessarily have to defend the title outside of Juventus because they were so dominant for so long. Uh, Spalletti said this in the interview leading up to the Champions League quarterfinal tomorrow, or I'm sorry, the round of 16, hopeful to get in the Champions League quarterfinal. They had the 2-0 lead, obviously, over Frankfurt. You know, he wants his team to become folklore, you know, and the way to do that is not just when it's good. That's already, I mean, if not, you know, Napoli's going to win the title this year. That is already going to place them in a very high, high position uh, for, for Neapolitans. But if you are even making the semifinals, of the Champions League, I think for Napoli, you know that that would be a huge accomplishment uh, when you consider, you know, just uh, it, it's not a competition that they really had a lot of success in. I mean, again, I, I think if they're talking, we've talked about it all, all season now, pretty much. Uh, Napoli are a big threat for the Champions League. I, I I don't know who would want to play against this team necessarily. I think they have a very very uh, good style for for knockout football. I think they have the ability to to really damage teams. I look at the field. I look at I look at the teams remaining. There's no like big juggernaut. You know, you've had like even last year, like when you had like Liverpool, Madrid, City, like guys like your your kind of big three that it felt like they were like it felt like no one was. It was only them. You know, like it really felt like it was it was only them that was gonna win in the end, right? Like they were just so much so clear above everyone, um, or at least in Madrid's case, they had the black magic, which they still <laughs> still have in their back pocket always. Um, I don't feel that way about any team in the Champions League this year. I don't. I don't really. I don't feel that there's like a even I Bayern. Pick this. Bayern, I think is Bayern has weaknesses. Like Bayern is not as imperious as they typically are. I. I don't know. I. I, th- I think they have. They have wing issues. Like I don't think they're great on the wings. Yeah. 
Mane has not worked his way back in yet. I, I don't know that they have like a clearly defined goal scorer. You know, like they had, they've obviously had Lewandowski in years past. They don't have that type of player. Um, and I, I'm not sold on them like defensively either. Like I think, I think he can kind of break through Bayern a little bit, you know, it's, a, but again, you know, Champions League matchups, it's going to depend a lot on the draw, which we'll know next week when, when we return. Um, but yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say Bayern though is like, I do not view them the same way that I viewed like Liverpool City Madrid in the past few years. I yeah. do not view them in that light. They're certainly not that type. There have been way better Bayern teams even in the last three, four years yeah, um, yeah, yeah. than in this one. Uh, I think that when it comes to Napoli, people kind of underrate them because they don't like all the most of the players on the team are not like household names. So nobody knows how to really compare them to what they always watch, right? If you got people who are just prem heads who watch the prem and then they watch this, uh, they watch the Napoli team play and they don't know who Zielinski is. They don't know who Rachmani is. They don't know who Lobotka is. Like all they know from social media is Osiman Barskelia. That's it. Maybe they know Lozano and like Politano, like if they're a FIFA player or something like that. But like a lot of people don't know these players. And, and I feel like that helps people underrate them uh, and kind of count them out when, it, when compared to, you know, the big three, like you mentioned, who are still in the tournament, like, like a Bayern, like, like an Inter Milan, like a Milan, like obviously they can be compared to the other Italian teams because they're doing better than them in the league. So I think that people kind of are still counting them out just because of the club and who the players are in the starting lineup, not realizing that they're very comparable in the form that they're in currently. They're very comparable to some of the best in the world. Do you want to hear a really awesome Stanislav Lobotka uh, stat? Go ahead. He is a he is the best completion percentage in all of Syria for passing, 94.4%. Uh, he has done that on 1,621 attempts. Just to give you an idea, uh, second place is Marlon on Monza, who has a 92.1% completion percent, a defender. A lot of times these are defenders because they, you know, there's a lot of passing in the back. Completing 764 uh, <laughs> attempts, 704 uh, completed. Uh, Suomaro, uh, defender for Bologna, 92.1%, uh, 720 attempts. Where's the, next, where's the next highest midfielder? The next highest midfielder, great question, Dom is Samuele Ricci for Torino, 88.8%, 735 attempts. So even it, then, like, the, the midfielder is still a 1,000 uh, passes less than Lobotka. He's, he's over two times uh, most completion rates. Um, you know, the, the only, I, I think the most uh, attempts is Kim Min Jae for Napoli, who is uh, just a touch over 2,000 passing attempts. In fact, the top three passing attempts uh, in Napoli who just dominate the ball, you know, yeah, just gives yeah, you a good yeah. perspective. Um, Kim and Jay with, with 2000 pass attempts, a 90.5% uh, completion rate. Uh, Di Lorenzo, uh, 1929, 85.1 pass completion rate. And then Labaka with 1621 uh, pass attempts, 94.4%. It really shows like Napoli's style. Like they're not just this counter-attacking team. They like to build up from the back. They like to hold possession. They're not afraid to go back to their defense and their holding midfielders when they need to recycle the ball in their offensive third. They like they have to six hold players possession. in the top 10. Yeah, they for, like to the dominate the ball. It's it's crazy. They just they just pass and pass and pass and pass and tire teams out, and it gives space for Kriarskelia to do his stuff, for OC men to get on the ball in a one on one situation, kind of use his his body to his advantage, or like get a cross in, and he can he can just have a one on one. He doesn't have to deal with another center back or somebody on him. So it's credit to Spalletti. That's that's all I have to say. Credit to him because he's got these guys playing some some top quality uh football right now. I agree. Yeah, Spalletti deserves, deserves a lot of credit. I think people were were I think fairly or unfairly, I don't know, but we're questioning you know, like I think we even talked about it. Like, we did it. Know, like came back from the World Cup break and I, but we didn't in our defense. I don't think we questioned in the sense like we think he's going to fall off, but it's like are we are we even thinking about that? Because it has been an issue in the past for him, mm -hmm. you know, with the second half of the season syndrome, no, no indication of that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them in the Champions League tomorrow. We have the Champions League on, on right now as we're recording. 
Uh, me and CD are four, four nil up on Leipzig. I <laughs> walked away from the TV to start prepping for dinner because, like, I'm doing both shows tonight. Um, when Erling Holland scored a, a brace within like a minute and a half, I was like, "Ah, oh, this is this is over." Um, so yeah, four nothing. It's still nil nil. Uh, Porto and Inter. Um, yeah, we could. I, you know, what would be hilarious is Inter getting through, and we get an Inter and Milan uh, derby in the uh, in the Champions League quarterfinals. I think that would be wonderful. I would um, much, I would much rather get that revenge against Porto. I would love that after after the debacles that were last year's. I think those more Atletico games. Madrid. If, if, now, if, well, if Atletico Madrid. So so a uh, little bit of extra news from Italy. Uh, uh, Milan's Primavera beat Atletico's uh, youth youth team in the UEFA Youth uh, Champions League. You got it. You got it. (laughs) You know, there is that part. That was cool. But um, no, no, no. There were some controversial calls. It wasn't as bad. Prestigious UEFA Youth League. All eyes glued. Listen, they beat Chelsea's youth team. They beat Benfica's youth team. (laughs) They beat... Uh, Atletico Madrid's. Those are good programs. This is propaganda. This is such propaganda. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Um, yes, Atletico Madrid were obviously the highlight controversial games, but there were some questionable things that, that could have changed the balance in the games against Porto. I, definitely one of them. But I would I would love that. I don't want to play Inter because Milan just always shit the bed against Inter. So if we had a, if we had a Milan derby in the Champions League, quarterfinal i don't feel well, too in the time, I don't feel in too the time that you explained all that dom man said you scored another goal erling holland's fourth of the night so uh <laughs> there, you <go. laughs> there you go i i stupid uh, he's stupid good marco rosa who who coaches uh rb leipzig was like i'm getting a little sick of playing manchester city because leipzig have played them a bunch um much of gladbach when he coached there also played uh, city in the uh, the round of sixteen. So I you know, pour one out for Marco Rosa. He's had a he's had a tough go. He's, he's had to face <laughs> City uh, more than than any man should have to do. Dumb. What, what you said? All right. So you lead, you led off of the show saying you had something rub in my face. Um, remember when when you kind of downplayed the importance of Gabriel Martinelli a few weeks ago? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey. Whoa. In the I last five matches, he scored four goals. I don't want to hear any and, slander. And who was the catalyst? Who lit the fire? <laughs> oh, shut up! Don't try to don't try to move who the goalposts. Fire me, me. Don't try to move the goalposts now. Hold on, we can we can pull up the tape, brother. All I said was they need him if they're going to win the title because they were they had a, a a little bit of a shake. I said they need him to get back to the form that he was in pre World Cup. I was not wrong. They needed it. He's back in it. And look at that. They're playing well. <laughs> oh, whoa. I'm clear. I'm cleared of all charges. Uh, I beat the case. I beat no. the charge. Okay. Okay. Kyle, go back. Go, Kyle, you gotta go back and go go back into the game film. I would I would love nothing more. You could bring up the tape. My tape is clean. It's clean. Me and the Lord, we got a good connection. We're fine. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Gabriel Martinelli. Um, you know what's yes. great about him is I benched him in uh, Fantasy Premier League. Uh, mm. That was awesome. That was a good, just a great move. By you have Trussard? I'm, 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 so, I'm just such a junior. What? You have Trussard? No. God, no. Why would I do that? Because that'd be, that'd be a smart thing for me to have done, Dom. <laughs> I did not do that, clearly. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was a great logging, uh, logging back in and realizing that. Dom, we got a little trivia. You know, because we're, we're at a fun part of the season. You know, here in America, of course, it's, it's March Madness. You know, and you got to get these like wonky stats, you know, if you're trying to fill out your bracket. And it got me thinking about trivia. And it got me thinking about these weird things that just happen sometimes. Down this past weekend, Liverpool won their first penalty kick of the season. First penalty kick going all the way back to April in the Premier League of last year. And they missed it. Mahamatullah, thank you very much for ruining my Saturday morning. Um, I like that Liverpool ruined my, my day very early because it gave me a lot of time to get over it. Uh, it was very nice of them. What two other prim, uh, other teams from the Premier League and the Serie A have yet to earn a penalty? I will give you a hint. There's one from each. There's one Premier League team that has yet to earn a penalty this season in the Premier League year, and there's one team in the Serie A that has yet to earn a penalty this season. All right, so I read the show. I trust that you're not cheating because I listen, listen, out listen, the listen, answers. listen. Listen, so I read the I read the show notes prior to the start of the show. I saw that you blacked out answers 
I did not look them up. I stayed I true. You. I wanted to I respect you. you know, I'm a man of honor, you know. <laughs> I would never do that to one of my oldest friends. Um, so I'm looking at the Serie A table right now. And I'm really doing this off of, you know, it's sad. I'm looking at the length of the black rectangle and trying to figure out how many letters. Fit well, there. you don't know if I abbreviate it or not. There's, there's the thing. You don't. I know don't try. Yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know what just, it, that first one. That's a long ass abbreviation. Uh, maybe I'm playing a little mind games. You don't know. I'm gonna say Lecce is the Italian team. Uh, and can you can you confirm or deny that Italian? Uh, Lecce guess? is in, incorrect, my friend. Okay, uh, let me let me go with a Premier League one, and then then <sighs> without a penalty, no penalties. Mega mind meme, no penalties. I will say this one surprised me. The the Serie A one, I was like not as shocked. This one, I was pretty surprised that this team Villa. won a penalty. Uh, no, that is incorrect, my friend. <sighs> Are you giving me clues? Um, sure, I'll give you a clue. Uh, it is a London team. That is okay. That is your your Premier League hint. So, uh, so Chelsea, you, Crystal Palace, West Ham, one of those three. That you're, I will say it's one of those three. I'm getting you, warm, you narrowed right? it down well. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you said it surprised you, but I feel like I want to, I want to say Chelsea, but I feel like they've gotten one. Crystal you Palace. Feel like you feel like Chelsea has gotten one. Right, I'm going with Chelsea. Search deep within your mind, Tom. I'm going with Chelsea. It never happened. <laughs> it's a lie. Chelsea's not won a penalty this year. Shockingly. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I I really, you know, they have good attacking players. Obviously, they've had a down year. But still, you know, you'd think most teams just get a penalty. Uh, a Chelsea doesn't yeah. get the penalty help. Now they're 10th. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, see how it works. I see how it works. Let's, let's start a dialogue. <laughs> the the Abramovich money goes out the window. Boom. Uh, Syria clue. Syria clue. How oh, about man. this? How about this? Uh, if you a can lovable name, owner. If, uh, a lovable owner. A lovable owner. Sampdoria. No. Uh, uh, Fiorentina. On a, on a personal level. Oh, on a personal Monza. I was gonna guess Monza first. I, I was like, nah, I feel like they have one because they got the Berlusconi money. So I, I said, maybe let you, but okay. Wow, really? Yeah. Really? All right, Don. Trivia number two. Casemiro. Hey, this blew my mind because I always knew that he got away with cards, especially the yellow cards and things like that. Casemiro did not register a red card in La Liga with Real Madrid. Also not with Porto when he played there. Um he received his second red card of the season with Manchester United this past weekend. This one is hard. You're going to need help, I'm sure. <laughs> but can you name the three other players who have also received two red cards this season? Another hint. All three of them are from Serie A. So I saw that. Two of them are from the same team. Oh. Ooh. Well, I was going to guess first Gianluca Mancini. Uh, that is incorrect. Good guess. I, you know, if you're going for just temperament, that is a good guess. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Because I clicked Roma. I want to click. Like, I don't think Rabio. That's not right. Rabio's um, incorrect. Okay. How about this? Give me a former player from the team that has the two players on this list. Ooh, a former player from this club that I gotta I gotta get someone that you would uh you would get. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google really quick um, just to get an idea of who might. Siri, do you want like a recent uh, player or like are we talking? Uh... It doesn't matter. Let's see here. 
uh, Le- <laughs> Leonardo Pizzola. Does that help you at all? So, so, a- Fior- so Fiorentina. No, this is a good guess. This is a a Tuscan club, though. Sebastian Giovinco also played here. Claudio Marchesio. Juventus. No. So. Luciano Spalletti played for this club? I had no idea. I had no so, idea. So, so Luca Toni? So we're talking Torino? The club is Empoli, my friend. Oh, um, really? Empoli. See, I, didn't know, I didn't know Marquisio played there either. Uh, <laughs> it was news to me. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Oh, Tonelli has to be one of them, correct? Incorrect. Really? These were these were surprising names, not not guys I would really associate a lot with a ton of fouls and a, a ton of uh... Uh, Francesco Caputo. No, wow. Um, hmm. This would be hilarious if it was one of them, but I don't even think this guy sees the field for Empoli. It's just because of his last name, Innocenti. <laughs> not Innocenti, but that would be again. If you're talking great uh, Italian, right? That's it. Um, we've got Akpa Akpro. Okay, I was, think, I was thinking season. him. And Sebastiano Leperto with uh, two red cards uh, this season. Don, there's one more player with two red cards. I will give you a hint. I'll give you several hints, actually. He's a forward player. Okay. He's one that we have talked about, maybe not so much this season, but in seasons past. And I think that is apt to describe him this year, too, is that he's not having as good of a year that he's had in years past. He's known for being a guy to come off the bench in a pinch and give you a brace. Edin Dzeko? Edin Dzeko is a good guess and is incorrect. Come off the bench in he's, a pinch. He's known for being a super sub. That was, that was one of his great skills in the last three, four years in Italy, this guy. Is he still a super sub or does he start? Uh, he's, for, he's, he's for, for his current up. club, for his current club, does he get he subbed He is not on? a regular starter anymore. No. Luis Muriel. Luis Muriel it is. Come on now. There, there you go. go. There you go. I mean, that's, you know, that was not an easy one. You know, none of those were easy, actually. Really? Um, two two yeah. red cards. Two red cards. Who would have thought? <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, um, Luis Maria. You know what? You know what surprises me about this entire trivia fact that we're talking about right now is that Christian Romero is not a player with two red cards in the I Premier was, League. I was shocked that he has two red cards this season. Only one in the red card uh, in the Premier League, though. Yeah, the so, other one's in the Champions League. So he has he has that going for him. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> Don, this one was one of my favorites. This Arsenal player is top five in aerial duel win percentage. His name is Gabriel. Top Jesus. five in... incorrect. <laughs> I actually think you might do like nine or ten guesses before you get to this guy. Top five in aerial duel percentage, uh, win percentage in the Premier League. I should say. In the Premier League, this man top five in aerial duel win percentage. It's top not five, a cheesy top, stat top, either, top, where top he's top only five, five. he's only had to contend for like six or seven. Like he's he's been in the action. And ben this White. Man is good guess, but you are incorrect. Midfielder? Uh, you know what? That is an interesting question because this man, you know, kind of gets around. You know, I, I think he might call himself a midfielder. Zinchenko. Zinchenko is correct. <laughs> you gave it away with that clue. <laughs> I mean, you asked a great question. I had to give you a good hint for that good question. I mean, come on. Because at first you're like, oh, you could think I was thinking, okay, it's, this it's, isn't it's the between, it's between the fullbacks. Know. It's between Zinchenko and Tomoyasu. But then you're like, oh, you know, he could consider himself. He All would right. call himself probably a midfielder. I think that's he wants to Based, be off, based off of the way, way that they play, yeah. He certainly is. Um, yeah, he, I, I was really surprised by this. Um just because you typically you associate high aerial duel win rates with center backs, which, you know, I, I think, you know, and maybe a very good forward, uh, you know, might, might do that. But yeah, I was surprised to see him. Uh, he's won 35, only lost 13. So it's not, again, this isn't a guy that's just getting by, you know, off of a, a kind of a low percentage. Like he's, he's in the action um, and, and winning quite a bit. Um, I think the person with the most aerial duels won this season for a bonus point, Dom, who do you think has won the most aerial duels uh, in the Premier League this year? 
for a bonus point for a bonus point for a bonus friend point he plays for a london club he's known for definitely his goal scoring prowess not was, always in the premier league so i was trying to cheat i was on foot mob and i went to the stats and they don't have aerial duels one as one of the stats so why you gotta get on that so he said he plays for he plays for a london club plays for a london club He's known. He's known for being in the goals. Maybe not always in the Premier League. Known for being in the goals. Definitely known for being a yellow card or two, though. And I was also surprised he wasn't on the red card list. He puts in. He puts in a tough challenge every now and again. He's he's a forward. Wait, Diego Costa isn't back. Diego he doesn't play for a London club. Last time I checked, he was on Wolves, but he is still on um, Wolves, and he has certainly not played enough this year to, <laughs> to lead the league in, uh, in um, all the aerial goals. A place for a London club, I'm gonna say Gianluca Scamacca. Um, not play. He is. He's definitely not he's playing. Not, 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 not a bad enough, guess, right? though. He's got that. He's got that tall frame. You know, that was something that he's good at. It's Alexander Mitrovic. With 93. Okay, yeah, I'm not I'm not actually surprised by that at all. <laughs> he has one ninety-three, he's lost ninety-two. Uh he's he's been in the battles a lot uh, you know this season. Uh, there's only surprised. one player that has lost more aerial duels this season, that is Che Adams at Southampton, um, who has lost ninety-four. Um nice. but yeah, Alexander Mitrovic with a nice it just flip a coin and <laughs> we'll see if he wins uh that aerial duel. Thank you for playing along, Don. You didn't do bad, you know. I, I think, think you could you should feel proud of the performance you put in. Today. I think I think you put in a, a good shift. Yeah, there we go. Put it, put in a good seventy minutes. Took me out. Crowd crowd has a standing ovation for me, so I'm coming off. The and clock. in the time that we played that fun little game, Erling Holland scored <laughs> another goal. I am not joking. <laughs> yeah, Yo, you want to hear what's <laughs> not stupid? a bit. So I am on FUTMOB, right, and I'm in the stats section, and most of these stats are by a city player, like the, the highest thing. Uh, top scorer, Erling Holland. Most assists, Kevin De Bruyne. Most goals plus assists, Erling Holland. Foot mob rating, highest one, Rodri. Goals per 90, Holland. Expected goals, Holland. Expected goals on target, Holland. Expected goals per 90, Holland. Big chances created, KDB. Accurate passes per 90, Rodri. Chances created. You know, I just got to say, <laughs> you know, you, you skipped over. I skipped over so, Darwin Nunez. You yes, I did. Over shots on target for 90, which I think is the most predictive stat of a great forward. You know, I got to say, it's, it's, it's all about how many shots you're getting on the target. You know, uh, what's, a, what's the variance bounces his way? You know, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Excuse me. So uh, Kevin De Bruyne is the best passer, but accurate long balls per 90 is Ruben Nebs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Expected yeah. goals and assists per 90, Erlen Holland. Yeah, breaking news. This city team, it's like actually like they're maybe kind of good, you know. Like I, I don't know if anyone anyone's really caught on yet, but I, I think we do have a little bit of leverage here. I think we might be able to introduce to people to this Manchester City team how good how good they might be. Um it is the last weekend before uh, uh international break, the last international break of the season, and then we're on a full sprint till late May. Um there's some decent uh, matchups, um, not as much in the Premier League because there's some games uh, being like postponed because of different uh, like cup matches and things like that. Um, so not a lot going on in England this weekend. In Syria, however, boy, boy, do we have some some fixtures this weekend? You've got Inter versus Juventus, Derby d'Italia, as they would call it. Um, and then, I mean, come on, is this the best? Roma Derby that we've ever had, I, I, I in recent memory, you know, I, I'm sure there are some old timers. Considering the stakes, there are better ones. And that they're two points apart. Yeah, this is this is real serious. Both of them very much want to be in the Champions League, very much need to be financially too. Especially Roma, who have not been able to spend a lot in recent years, and Lazio, also not exactly known for being big big spenders. Um, so that is a huge thing. That's going to be a great game. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, the, the the first one this year was was pretty exciting. Um, although it didn't deliver a ton of goals, it was it was a good game. At the very bottom of the table as well, Sampdoria versus Hellas Verona. That is certainly one to keep your eyes on. Um, yeah. Because Sampdoria is trying to crawl out of the basement. I don't see it happening. But Verona is is really chasing. You know, uh, Spezia, Salernitana, Lecce at, at the bottom of the table, trying to suck them in to a uh, a relegation battle. 
Um, but yeah, Juventus, Inter, and, and Lazio Roma really highlight the weekend, I think. Um, we got Champions League tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this after the fact, you get to watch Liverpool get bounced by Real Madrid. Um, and then <laughs> now you, know, you never know, to... man. They may come back. Mm, I know. I know. I know that they <laughs> won't. I, I'm so, I'm just hoping that it's like, it's like one nothing, you know, we just kind of move on and we don't get embarrassed. So no, we're not on like an all time list here. They're bringing back that form when they played United. I don't see it. <laughs> no put, part of me. They're going to put five past Real Madrid. If they, if we put five past Real Madrid tomorrow, I may not be alive for the podcast next week. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure I would make it through that event. Um, I don't see it happening. In fact, I'm probably not even going to be watching all that much because it's my wife's birthday tomorrow. And all you know, right, I happy birthday. Thank you. Well, I'll, I'll say, pass I'll it along. Thank you. I'll pass it along. Double it and uh, pass it along to the next double, double it and pass it along. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but I, I'm not going to put myself in a bad mood on my wife's birthday by watching this team <laughs> just disappoint me yet again this season. So, Dom, anything to say before we get out of here, before we get into the international break? What do you got for us? Not everybody's team can make the quarterfinal of the uh, Champions League. Yeah, not everyone's team can win the Champions League either, <laughs> yeah, but you know. Hey, we, both of us don't not know us. what that's like. Not us. <laughs> not us. We know. Yes, Banners sir. Banners fly. Banners fly. That is my biggest takeaway over the last few years. Is One, I get much less upset about sports in general than I did when I was a younger man. And two, they can't take those wins away from you. They can't. You can hang on to that shit for as long as you want. I, w- I will talk about the, the title. I will talk about the Champions League stuff forever. So, amen. That's the whole point of you watch this stuff is to get those memories. I, I got the good ones. I got all the good ones. I'm good. If, th- if that's it, I'm good. I'm cool. Well, I'd watch Roy Hodgson coach this team. I'm fine. being a Cremonese fan. <laughs> hey, man, they got their win, you know? Yeah. They can't take that win. <laughs> yeah, until yeah, they yeah. find out that they were bribing officials. Because Italy is the one place where they will take your wins away. Or at least yeah. take your points. They will make it so that you really didn't. <laughs> yeah, wins are not permanent. Banners don't always fly. <laughs> wins, wins are permanent. The points that you receive for those wins, much less so. Much less so. They're definitely subject to change, for sure, in Italy. Uh, they're, they're very willing to, uh, to rescind that. Um, yeah, everybody loves to talk about Juventus dominating Serie B, but they forgot that they won Serie A the season before it got sent down. <laughs> It's March Madness weekend as well, you know, so I, I think it's kind of good that the Premier League is a little lighter this week, and then I can I can tune in to, to Roma, Lazio, Juventus, Inter, you know, kind of in between the screens. Um, we have a March Madness bracket challenge, not us, but underground sports in general. Um, our conglomerate. Uh, our, our, our network, our group. Um, Dom just uh, is going to have to go to the hospital because he did <laughs> Uh, so feel free to join that. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Everyone loves being in a little bracket challenge. You love you love the idea of like beating out a bunch of people and, and doing better than them. So you can put your put your bracket up against me, Don, Kyle, Dylan, all the other people that do a lot of good work uh, for our podcast network. So I would encourage you to check that out. I, Don, I anything too many high seeds. Of course you did. Yeah, everyone does every year. And then you look, you look at it at, at like 3 p.m. on Thursday afternoon. You're like, I'm an idiot. Why did, you know, why did I not see that coming? No. My, I think I'm going to pick like all upsets this year. I think, I think I'm just going to pick every, few. I think I'm going to pick every 13 seed, just going to the final four. You know, tell me I'm wrong. You can't, you can't tell me I'm wrong. I got, a couple, actually I got a couple five seeds, like eight, nine seeds going, going the distance a little bit. Into the, this into is, the I just want to say, this is white guy podcast bingo because we have somehow, this is like, <laughs> instead of in September talking about your fantasy football team or your fantasy football draft that no one cares about, we're talking about our, our hypothetical brackets. NCAA basketball. Oh, I, it's, it's the, the other bingo spot is, oh, I almost picked them as an upset. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that you almost picked them as an upset. In fact, nobody cares that you did pick them as an upset, even if you did. You know, just keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself uh, is, is my advice, maybe. For, for hey, let's check off another thing of white a white person podcast bingo. Um, hey, you you know what? Uh, too many people are not being men these days. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. bro, you got to flip your mindset, bro. Because like all I'm yeah. thinking now is like, dude, like there's no excuse for someone my age to not have like a million dollars in the bank. Like it's so easy. Like the money is out there. Like if you're not driving a Lamborghini at 28, like I don't know where you went wrong. Like the money is there. Like if you look at the crypto stuff, 
if you look at like fintech like if you work in that like sphere man like you just got to change your mindset and like build that's really what it's all about like you just got to do that you know stomp out an old lady for 20 million dollars <laughs> like i would do it and then i wouldn't take the money because that's the job experience that i'm getting and that's more valuable than any money you know <laughs> i would listen if they're offering me 500 million dollars or a dinner with jay-z i'm taking that dinner with jay-z the things i learned in that dinner are so much more important I, that is worth more than 500 million dollars that's worth that's way worth it worth way more i'm just gonna grind on myself mm -hmm. it's all about i give grind. money away because i just want to grind that much harder not you to people though to you like don't my, have my 401k but you don't have a lamborghini by 22 <laughs> you you, you may have a house and a car and a happy wife, but when she sees me pull up in that Lambo, skirt, doing donuts in the intersection, she's not your girl anymore. She's mine, homie. <laughs> if your dad didn't buy you a nice condo in the city at 23, you messed up, bro. You messed up. If he didn't get you a cushy job at one of the big four accounting firms doing nothing, Maybe you just be built different. Maybe just look, change your mindset, bro. Look, all it takes is a small million dollar loan from your father. <laughs> and the business gets going. <laughs> We're going off the rails, Matt. Man, this bit went on far too long, I think. We'll be back next week uh, selling you condos and, uh, and, and Bitcoin. Peace. <laughs>